Greetings, friends. It's December 11th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where each day we make further progress in our reading journey through the entire Bible, with a view of completing it in the course of a year. The One Year Bible Reading Plan, found in One Year Bibles and the OneYearBibleOnline.com, guide us in determining our pace. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I'm happy to take a few moments after each reading portion to give a practical overview to help you see how it all fits together with a unifying theme. And that theme centers in the glory of the God-man, the Anointed One, the priest, the prophet, the king, and the one who will judge the living and the dead. God has furnished proof as to who this God-man is by raising him from the dead in Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31. Yesterday we started to read the book of Amos. Amos was not a religious professional, but a common sheep herder, yet a spokesperson from God. He brings a message that complements prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah that calls people to repentance that they would turn away from their idolatries and worship the one true God. In the New Testament, we've come to the last book of the Bible and are reading the revelation of Jesus Christ recorded by the Apostle John and the letters of Jesus Christ to the churches of Asia Minor. They are instructive to us today and make us wonder whether our local churches are functioning in a God-pleasing way as candlesticks, giving forth light whereby the glorious Christ can be revealed in our midst. We are called to heed His Word if we have ears to hear. Let's start today's excursion by turning to Amos chapter 4, and we will read through to the end of chapter 6. And I am reading from the English Standard Version. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, Bring, that we may drink. The Lord God has sworn by His holiness that, Behold, the days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks, and you shall go out through the breaches, each one straight ahead, and you shall be cast out into Harmon, declares the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress, to Gilgal and multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving of that which is leavened, and proclaim freewill offerings. Publish them, for so you love to do, O people of Israel declares the Lord God. Israel has not returned to the Lord. I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. I would send rain on one city and sent no rain on another city. One field would have rain and the field on which it did not rain would wither so two or three cities would wander to another city to drink water and would not be satisfied. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I struck you with blight and mildew, your many gardens and your vineyards, your fig trees and your olive trees, the locust devoured. 
yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword and carried away your horses, and I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you, as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a brand plucked out of the burning. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind, and declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Chapter 5 Seek the Lord and Live Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen, no more to rise, is the virgin Israel, forsaken on her land, with none to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, The city that went out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which went out a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, and do not enter into Gilgal, or cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and it devour, with none to quench it for Bethel. O you who turn justice to wormwood, and cast down righteousness to the earth! He who made the Pleiades and Orion, and turned steep darkness into the morning, and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea, and pours them out on the surface of the earth, the Lord is his name, who makes destruction flash forth against the strong, so that destruction comes upon the fortress. They hate him who reproves in the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor, and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions, and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe, and turn aside the needy in the gate. Therefore he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, as you have said. Hate evil, and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, In all the squares there shall be wailing, and in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas! They shall call the farmers to mourning, and to wailing those who are skilled in lamentation. And in all vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. Let justice roll down. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord! Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, and not light, and gloom, with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, 
I will not accept them, and the peace offerings of your fattened animals I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, to the melody of your harps I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Did you bring to me sacrifices and offerings during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You shall take up Sikoth your king, and Kayun your star god, your images that you made for yourselves, and I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Chapter 6 Woe to those at ease in Zion! Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of the nations, to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath the great, and then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms, or is their territory greater than your territory? O you who put far away the day of disaster and bring near the seat of violence. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp and like David invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore they shall now be the first of those who go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves out shall pass away. The Lord God has sworn by himself, declares the Lord, the God of hosts. I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his strongholds, and I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. And if ten men remain in one house, they shall die. And when one's relative, the one who anoints him for burial, shall take him up to bring the bones out of the house, and shall say to him who is in the innermost parts of the house, Is there still any one with you? He shall say, No. And he shall say, Silence. We must not mention the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord commands, and the great house shall be struck down into fragments, and the little house into bits. Do horses run on rocks? Does one plough there with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood, you who rejoice in Lodabar, who say, Have we not by our own strength captured Karnaim for ourselves? For behold, I will raise up against you a nation, O house of Israel, declares the Lord, the God of hosts, and they shall oppress you from Lebo Hamath to the brook of the Arabah. And this concludes today's reading from the Old Testament portion from the book of Amos. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. Amos sarcastically invites the people of Israel to their altars of disobedience at Bethel and Gilgal and dares them to continue to serve their worthless idols. He says, Brag about your free will offerings, your religious dedication and service, while you continue to ignore the sovereign Lord who created you and brought you out of Egypt. The nation of Israel remained unrepentant, despite all the divine chastisement they were experiencing for their covenant violations. They continued in the sins of Jeroboam by maintaining their false worship centers in the northern region of Samaria, with altars to idols in the forms of calves at Bethel and Dan, in 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 26-29. through 29. 
Gilgal was once a place where God received worship from his people. This is where Israel first camped when they crossed the Jordan River and entered the Promised Land in Joshua chapter 4, verse 19. It is where the Lord exalted Joshua in the eyes of the people. At Gilgal, they built a memorial altar with the twelve stones that they brought out of the river. At Gilgal, they renewed their covenant and circumcised the men as a sign of their covenant commitment in Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 11. At Gilgal, they celebrated the Passover in Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. At Gilgal, the Lord appeared to Joshua as captain of the host in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It was at Gilgal that Saul was crowned as Israel's first king in 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 15. It was a significant place in the nation's story. It should have been a place for them to remember what God had done for them. But we learn from the prophet Hosea and Amos that Gilgal became a place of idolatry. It is at Gilgal that they thanked the wrong God. At Gilgal they loved to worship, although their hearts were given to idols and idolatrous practices. This is what you love to do, declares the Sovereign Lord. Amos chapter 4, verse 6. As the father who loves his children, the Lord repeatedly chastened Israel. The prophet declares the words of the Lord, Yet you have not returned to me. Amos chapter 4, verse 6, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11. Then the Lord gives this solemn warning, letting them know that if they don't meet him in mercy, they will meet him in judgment. Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what are his thoughts, he who makes dawn into darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord God of hosts is his name. Amid these prophecies of doom, there is a glimmer of hope, a further call to repentance. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you may live, but do not resort to Bethel, and do not come to Gilgal, nor cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal will certainly go into captivity, and Bethel will come to trouble. Amos chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. He recites their numerous social sins, despising truth and righteousness, forcing the poor into hard labor, taking bribes, and depriving the poor of justice in the courts. The Lord appeals for their change of mind and heart. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord will be with you, just as you say He is. This reveals the depth of their deception. They professed that the Lord was with them, when He is letting them know that they have departed from Him. The Lord promises judgment that would be so severe that there would be not enough mourners to hire for the dead. Paid mourners were traditionally hired for the funerals, but because of the abundance of deaths, they would have to resort to summoning the farmers to serve as mourners in Amos chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Amos clarifies that what they anticipate as the day of the Lord and the coming of the Messiah will be a day of darkness, not light, because when the Christ returns, he is coming as judge. Amos chapter 5, verse 18. Alas, you who are longing for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light. He goes on to explain the darkness as pitch darkness without a ray of light. Amos chapter 5 verse 20. Then he announces the judgment of exile. 
Therefore, I will make you go into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Amos chapter 5, verse 27. In chapter 6, we are given a warning of the dangers of apathy. In the first part of Amos chapter 6, verse 1, we read, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure in the mountain of Samaria. Amos then lists the comforts, luxuries, and conveniences that bury them in spiritual indifference to the degree that they do not mourn the ruin of Joseph. Amos chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Joseph had an exemplary testimony and is a picture of God's redemptive purpose of sending a Savior despite their wickedness. But that testimony has been trashed by their sin. Therefore, Israel would be the first to go into exile. What an accurate prophecy that proved to be. The Assyrians would be stirred up against Israel, the northern kingdom, and carry them away into exile before the Babylonians bring the southern kingdom of Judah into their seventy-year exile. Now let's move on to our New Testament reading today from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 6. To the church in Thyatira, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 3 To the Church in Sardis and to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
This concludes our New Testament portion today from the book of the Revelation. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon these letters from Jesus to the churches at Thyatira and Sardis. Various components of John's original description of the exalted and glorified high priest, Jesus, are highlighted as he examines the seven candlesticks representing the seven churches of Asia Minor and addresses each one in particular. As Jesus addresses the church at Thyatira, John highlights Jesus' eyes and feet. His eyes are like blazing fire. We can see in his eyes the brightness and warmth of his love, and yet the intensity of his holiness that exposes and burns away all dross, all that is unholy. These are eyes that search hearts and minds, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 23a. The feet are of burnished bronze, which speaks of his judgment that righteously puts to death all that is condemnable. That's the work of the cross. These are feet that must repay the wrongdoer according to his deeds, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 23b. As Jesus commends their increasing love, faith, service, and perseverance, evidence of his life at work within them, he also reproves them for tolerating false doctrine. They distorted the gospel of God's grace as giving a license to sin. Like Jezebel, who introduced the nation of Israel to the idolatrous worship of Baal and Astarte, fertility cults that not only condoned but promoted and sanctified sexual immorality, false teachers were doing the same. Jezebel was evil, and so is this teaching and those who teach it. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, chapter 21, verses 1 through 15, 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 7 through 10, and verses 30 through 37. The leaders of the church at Thyatira lacked a sensitivity to God's holiness. This brought a permissiveness that confused, discouraged, and derailed the faith of its church members. The practice of eating meat that was sacrificed to idols sent mixed messages to those who knew that idol worship was abhorrent to God. The church is warned that unless there is repentance, the one who has eyes of fire and feet of bronze will unleash his holy fire in a purifying judgment. Therefore, they are to hold on to the truth of the gospel and let go of the evil teachings of this Jezebel. The promised reward for faithfulness will be what is promised to all in Christ ones, the morning star, Christ himself, and the privilege of reigning with him. However, some will have greater spheres of authority than others, so be faithful to steward what you have been given to hold on to. Next, the Lord Jesus addresses the church at Sardis. This church had a reputation of being orthodox and alive, and yet the Lord knows that there is an overall lack of any manifestation of his life among them. He is clear to point out that there are a few among them, a faithful remnant, who are walking in the light and have not soiled their clothes. Their hearts are regularly renewed in repentance and they continue in honest-to-God fellowship in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. However, the majority are self-deceived and believe that they are alive when they are not. They have made professions of faith yet lack the possession of faith. They have yet to obey the gospel and repent, that is, change their mind about their condition, recognizing their need to believe, entrusting themselves to Jesus as their sovereign and merciful Lord and Savior. False faith and self-deception are contagious. Is your faith in Christ Jesus, or is it in your religious affiliation? 
Is it in an experience of corporate worship and community or in the gospel of Jesus Christ? The church that looks alive may not truly be alive unless Christ is received on His terms and recognized as who He is. The Lord knows those who are His. He will not blot out the names in the book of life of those who truly belong to Him. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Now let's move on to the book of Psalms where we are reading the Songs of Ascents. We are in Psalm 130. My soul waits for the Lord. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption, and He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. Psalm 130 is a penitential psalm. It is a cry for mercy. We are told of God's awe-inspiring willingness and ability to forgive. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Psalm 130, verse 3. There is something that causes us to shudder in amazement when we consider how our offenses to God's holiness can be erased from our records when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Psalm 130, verse 4. Where else can we turn to? To whom else can we look? I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in His word do I hope. Psalm 130, verse 5. The psalm concludes with this good news. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, indeed more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is loving kindness, and with Him is abundant redemption verses 6 and 7. Now for our final stop in our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verses 21 and 22. Whoever pampers his servant from childhood will in the end find him his heir. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Once again, we are warned of the danger of spoiling children and for not training the younger generation to take responsibilities. Are we encouraging the young to be self-centered and self-indulgent? If so, they will be the ones who will fail to look after us in our old age. They will be the ones to whom we must trust what we have worked hard for and which they will most likely let go to ruin. A person with an anger problem will cause trouble wherever they go. Their emotional responses to perceived injustices will cause sin within themselves and may provoke others to sin. Now let's pray in the light of what we have just read. Lord, we love your mercies. We are grateful for the revelation of your truth, convicting us of sin and causing us to acknowledge our transgressions. There is forgiveness with you. 
It ushers from the cross where your Son bore the righteous punishment our sins deserved and satisfied justice on our behalf. We pray that the life of our sin-bearing substitute would continue to fulfill righteousness in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. May justice and mercy flow from our hearts towards others. In Jesus' name, Amen. We have had both warnings of judgment and promises of mercy in our readings today, and I hope that we take all to heart. If you would like to receive a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading, you can subscribe at our website to a daily email at newlife.org. And if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can always write us at podcast at newlife.org. So may the rest of the day find you singing of the mercies of the Lord, and may you know His goodness and His peace. Shalom. Shalom.